<laughs> Wonderboy looked like he'd been in a 15-round war. Kevin Holland didn't even look like he was in a fight. You go to a UFC show from top to bottom, it is stacked. We already had a prison melee break out in the house. Is he doing something like the Ultimate Fighter with it? That's what does my head in when idiots talk about fighter pay. You get paid what you're worth. Every fighter that's under contract, if you want to tell the media what you're paid, that's up to you. He uses fighters for clicks and then tries to have the audacity saying that they don't pay the fighters enough. It's the he- best <laughs> podcast I've yes. ever been on. What's happening? We're back again. A special episode of Chat and Pony. It's uh, it's fight week, and gotta let you know as always. We're not just on YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, all of that stuff. Give us five stars. You know that. And if you want some of the latest body merch like this, the Paddy way, yeah, get on the Apex website, and it's all on there. But as I say today, we have special special guest in the UFC PI, and it's. Me boss, Dana White. How are we, fella? You good? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm I'm great. Feel great at the minute, to be honest. Uh, weight's perfect, and I just can't wait to blow the roof off the gaff on Saturday night. I'm excited. This card's good. This card's stacked with a lot of good fights, man. Well, that's... And Saturday was insane. Yeah. I mean, that card on Saturday in Orlando was sold out, broke the record uh, in America for fight night, and, uh, and the crowd was awesome, man. Just... Did it beat our fight night? It was the biggest fight night ever in America. No, I mean our one in the UK. Oh, no. 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 In America. No, 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 no. You know yeah, that. It's not beating our That's one. That's why I said in America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It's not beating our one. But yeah, obviously we'll get right into it with UFC 282. First of all, though, I do want to say, like, crazy what has happened with Yuri and, like, how bad is that injury? Because everyone's going on like it's one of the worst injuries he's ever seen. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that night when it all went down and, and we had him had our doctor look at him, the doctor literally said, in all the years of the UFC, this is the worst shoulder injury we've ever seen. So it's pretty nasty. And, you know, him being the f-ing savage that he is, yeah. he still wanted to fight. And, you know, <laughs> he, he said, I could do it. No, you can't fight. You can't fight, kid. But, you know, uh, yeah, he tore it good. What happened was it popped out and he had some guys there at the gym Try and put it back in. Yes. Yeah, I knew and you were going to say that. Ripped the shit out of it and and destroyed his shoulder. So, I, I you know, tell you, I told him, tell all the fighters, if anything happens to you, jump in a car and go to the hospital. We will pay for every. Let, let you know, people think that these guys at the gym can, you know, fix your shoulder, do this shit, that. Shit. Don't don't even risk it. Just go to the hospital. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I couldn't believe it when I when I read it all. Like, but. Now, obviously, and in fact, need to shout out Yuri, to be honest, for vacating the belt. You know what I mean? A lot of people would not do that. The way he done that, that shows what a warrior he is and the mentality so he's got. That night when we were in there and we were having the meeting and we were talking about the possibility of him fighting again, and he was saying, you know, I think I can come back in five months and all this shit. And the doctor was with us too, and the doctor's like, you need to start being realistic about this. And, and the thing that I told him is, I don't want you to put that type of pressure on you where you feel like you have to, you know, come back in five or six months and, and destroy your shoulder again. Take the time, do it right, get the right surgery. And that night he decided, then I'm not going to hold up the division. I'm going to vacate the title. Yeah, that's, I couldn't get stud. over it when I seen it. Yeah, stud. absolute stud. He's spot on there. But because of that, now we have a new main event, which yep. is obviously Jan Blachowicz versus Ankalaev. And I've seen Ankalaev in here. He's a big dude. Big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude. I've never met Jan in person, so I don't know how big he is just yet. Hopefully I see him over the next few days. But what do you think of the new main events? Yeah, 
Yeah, he, that, that's a badass fight too. Um, and, you know, I, I got to say this too about Yuri. You know, he, he will be still looked at as the champ. He never lost the belt. He vacated it. These guys will fight for the title. We'll see how many fights that – there might actually be two fights that happen before he's able to return after that shoulder surgery. So, But, yeah, this should be a fun one. And, and the, the card is absolutely stacked with great fights. So we're going to be thinking Glover's probably going to be number one contender now. Whoever wins this fight will fight Glover next. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it was, the fight was offered to Glover. He, he didn't want to take the fight. So there'll probably be two fights before Yuri comes back. So it would, it would be Glover. Yeah, well, I, I can't wait for the main event to be honest. Like, but let's move on to that and get on to the people's main event. Yours, <laughs> yours truly, you know what I mean? And uh, when obviously all that happened, I was getting loads of messages. Oh, that, that's the Yiddy's pulled out. Don't know what's happening. That fight's off. You could be co-main event. And then literally about half an hour later, I was lying in bed because if it's an eight-hour time difference back home, lying in bed and I just seen UFC order put it up main event: Jan Blachowicz versus Ankalaev co-main events, Paddy the Body versus Jared yeah. Gordon, and I was just like, yes, this I way, love it. Like, I feel terrible for Yiddy and Glover, but it's like it was meant to be. Right. That's what it feels like for me anyway. You know 100%. what I mean? I feel yeah, like I mean, you're right there. I mean, your co-main event on this pay-per-view, you, you, you win this fight, you'll be headlining a fight night pretty soon here. So Definitely, yeah. I can't wait for it, but you'll be losing out on money then, Dana. You need me on these pay-per-views. Yeah, listen, <laughs> you're, you're fun on paper too, but 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 you know, it, it's it's not bad. Uh, you know, headlining your own show somewhere, no, but it's like not. last weekend, you know, yeah. the, the fight we were just talking about on Saturday, you know, those two were the headline of the show, and they they f- delivered. That it was, was a scrap, incredible fight, unbelievable, incredible fight. Like yeah. I I I probably like both of them fighters as well. To be honest, like I've I've met Kevin Allen before as well. He's cool. And I just couldn't believe it when he stood up at this in the second round. Especially when you found out after the fight that his hand was already broke. Right. And he just went, nah, come on, let's stand up, let's 100%. fight, when he had one hand. Well, you could see it too. Uh, you know, his hand probably broke blocking one of those kicks. You saw him put his hand up and, and Wonderboy kicked him so f***ing hard. It, well, it I, had to have happened during I, the kick. I read something, what, no, the punch where he rocked him with in the first. Yeah. It was that what done it. Really? So if that done it, he got kicked in it like three times after that. Hard. Hard. Like big spinning back kicks to 100%. the hand with his heel. That was... Yeah. He, no, listen, Kevin Holland's a stud. He's a tough guy. Um, and, and he's one of the first guys to ever really make Wonderboy scrap. You yeah. know what I mean? Wonderboy has that style where he likes to like he likes to run around and pick people apart. And um, when you think about all the fights with him and Woodley, you know? Um, but but Kevin Holland made him stand in there and and respect to Wonder Boy for doing it. He did. Yeah. Uh, he, he stood and they went toe to toe. He was hitting him with that straight left hand over That's, and over and over again. I thought that that was what was gonna catch Holland, but yeah. Holland's got a chin Holland, on him, man. Chin and a half. And he doesn't even look like he's been in a fight. Yeah. His face, he hasn't got no marks or not, and it's just his hand. And Wonder Boy looks all beat That's up. That's what was crazy. Wonder Boy <laughs> looked like he'd been in a fifteen round war. <laughs> Kevin Holland didn't even look like he was in a fight. Yeah, that was, yeah, was what was crazy. But after. Kevin Holland did hit him with some big right hands, too. Yeah. After, I'm going to have to mention that Pavlovich as well, though, just because people have been tagging me and things, saying this is Paddy Pimlet's big brother. <laughs> yeah, he looked good. Yeah, he looked unbelievable. Yeah, I, I was waiting for those two to gas out, and they didn't. They just kept dropping bombs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were just swinging at each other, but always straight shots, straight shots down the middle, win yeah. all the time. But, um,. Back to 282. I was going to move on to the next fight, Lawler Ponzinibbio, but I read something before about 
Lawler being out. Yeah, yeah. We just found out that that Lawler got hurt in training, and we're working on that fight. So good, trying to get someone new for Ponzinibbio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice. Uh, next fight then, me fellow scouser Darren Till mm-hmm. is fighting the Duplessis. I hope I've said his name right. I seen a yep. Plessis a right. Plessis the other day in the PI. He's a, another big dude. He really is. Yeah, oh, that's a good fight. That's a really. That's good a very fight. good fight. Yeah, big fight for Till too. Yeah. It's a it's a bit of a comeback fight for him, isn't he? Hasn't yeah, fought since definitely. my debut. He yeah, it's, it's, you know, Duplessis is finally fighting a big name like Till, and you know, Till needs this win. Yeah, he does. You're not wrong there. And then obviously finishing off the main uh, the main card is Bryce Mitchell versus hand sanitizer boy. Yeah. So now he's always fun. Yeah, that's a fun fight. Yeah, I hope Bryce absolutely schools him. But that's all I'm going to say in the matter. What's that? I hope Bryce absolutely schools him. All right, all but right. that's all. He I talked am. so fast the first time, I didn't <laughs> understand what he said. Everyone always says that to me, you know, it's all too quick. I said, this podcast is going to be interesting because I can't hear. And with that accent, I said, oh, this is going to be interesting. But it's been good right up until there. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll try and slow it down a bit for all you. Right. A lot of Americans say that to me. I still get people commenting on me vlogs now, even though me vlogs have been going for nearly a year or something I'd say or a year and I still get comments saying where have the subtitles gone please put the subtitles back on because <laughs> when people turn the captions on on YouTube <laughs> you want to see what comes up Dana right like, and, wrong... and what part of England are you from that that, that the, uh, the accent is that hardcore Liverpool like yeah. it's same as same okay. as Till you know what I mean but we're just different it's crazy about in, in England because I can go drive 10 minutes away from ours and they talk like this lad you know what I mean right. talk like that yeah. and then you can go somewhere else about an hour down the road and they talk completely different like Leon Le- yeah. Leon speaks completely different so true and that's only two hours away yeah I noticed that about England and uh, and Ireland too um, every time I hear you talk I feel like I'm watching Snatch <laughs> do you like dogs <laughs> exactly no what I did want to ask you about though just because they were all here yesterday the slappers. Yeah. Like, yeah, did you see them? Yeah, we come in to do my last SNC session yesterday. Lunatics, man. And I've got out. Where did that idea come from? When we, did you we are, think of we that? We already had a prison type melee break out in the house. Uh, what if it, is he doing something like the Ultimate Fighter yeah, with it? Yeah, we're doing, we're filming the next two weeks uh, here. You know, <laughs> doing, a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like, it's sort of like the ultimate fighter meets the contender is what this thing is. When these guys come out of this season, this first season, they'll be ranked, world ranked. So, um, and then it all leads into a pay per view. But yeah, it's been it's been f- crazy. We've only been filming for like a week, and I feel like I've been filming for two months. It's f- <laughs> crazy, man. These dudes are nuts. So harder work than the ultimate fighter. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> different than the ultimate fighter. <laughs> That's very what, different I know that's what I've got to ask you about because that first season of the Ultimate Fighter that's one of the craziest best programs I've ever seen and so I, true I obviously never watched it live yeah. I mean the first season I watched live was season 10 oh really Rampage Rashad I watched that week by week because that was when I was first getting into MMA How in the UFC you? 14 yeah exactly that makes sense yeah, it's it's amazing to me when I look back now and and you know I meet young guys like you. You know, a lot of these guys grew up on the Ultimate Fighter, and that's how they got into into MMA. And yeah, it was it was uh, it's a fun show to film, man. It really is. Like years ago, I always said, "Oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that." But 
there are a few of the lads from the gym might want to do that nowadays, and it's back, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's back. back. We're, we're doing one season a year, so um, yeah, you could end up coaching one of these teams. Oh, I definitely coach one of them teams. You just, you just let me know, <laughs> and I'll be on there Deal. ready. Deal. Deal. I, I can't wait to do that. As I say, that would be spectacular. I've yeah, said that to all these in the past. I'd love to coach a season. How cool is that? You were watching it at fourteen, and that's what got you into it, and then you end up coaching it. I know. I'll never forget that season as well when Rampage was kicking doors down and that. Yeah, that was a <laughs> crazy season. But his team got absolutely smoked. Yeah, exactly. And then I think he, he got beat by Forrest at basketball too, didn't he, in the, uh, in the coach's challenge? Yeah, Rashad it oh, was, was really. Rashad, Rashad. That's right, that's right. Yeah, it was a few seasons before, but he done it with Forrest, wasn't it, when that's he was right. the champ? You're right. And then You're it right. was Rashad because they were... <laughs> they always just remember... Yeah, the Rashad one was good too. Yeah. Those two hated each other. I always just remember Tiddy's. <laughs> titties, that's right. That, that'll shoot over. Titties got... almost fought Rampage for calling titties. Yeah, he Remember did. That? He nearly had a straight there. That's hilarious, that, you know. But um, obviously, we spoke about the Ultimate Fighter, didn't I? Go back to the start when you first got involved in MMA and like the UFC. When, did you ever think it'd get to this, these levels? Yeah, I mean, if you see interviews with me like 18 years ago, I say this is going to be the biggest sport in the world. It's going to be global. It's going to be this and that. I always believed that it would do this. You just don't, you know, you can't really wrap your head around, you know, it really happening and how big it's really going to be. And, uh, you know, that's where we are and where we're going still. We, uh, you know, we're still going to do events in Africa. We're going back to South Korea this year. You know, we're going to start, start moving around again. So it's going to, uh, you know, some of these events when we get back there, you know, some of these places we have either never been or we haven't been back to in three or four years. Canada is one of them, too. I was so. just about to say, I have a few fans who are from Canada that are saying they can't wait for you to come back to Canada. 100%. So, you know, as we start to go into these, these markets again, I won't miss one of those shows. It's gonna, those, those are going to be fun. The energy and the buzz will be insane, and, and I'm looking forward to it in 23. Yeah, Africa, though, yeah, when yeah, that yeah. definitely happen? I'm going to build a PI in Africa, too. We're, we're still building the one down in Mexico. Uh, that's coming along good right now. And then um, I want to build one in Africa. Yeah. Have you any idea what country or? We don't know yet. That's that's yeah. what we're still looking at. We're, I want to find a spot like, like we did in Mexico. We found a spot where, you know, it makes a lot of sense and where we can get a lot of I, I, this isn't going to be a PI like like the PI here. Like the PI here is for you guys, the professionals that come in. I want to bring kids in off the street yeah. and get them to start training and mix martial arts in the PI, you know, and we'll provide them with education on how to train, how to cut weight, um, uh, you know, all the things they, they couldn't get without, without a facility like the PI. Yeah. And it'll all be free. Won't all cost free. them anything. That's, yeah. that's amazing. I mean, these me. are the kind of things that we do to help grow and build the sport and to make the sport, you know, uh, bigger. Yeah. Unlike boxing, who every event was a f- going out of business sale and they tried to get as much money as they could and they invested nothing back into the sport. Yeah. And look where the sport is today. That's, I think I've, I've said it for years. UFC has taken over boxing. I, I think it already has by now because oh, the cards far. are so slim. Like, people go just for the main event. 100%. You go to a UFC show from top to bottom. It is stacked. Orlando was a fight night. Did you yeah. see the early fights? Yeah. The place was 95% full the first fight of the night. And the, the energy remained the same throughout the entire night because the card absolutely delivered, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the difference. And what happens is, you know, when we bring in guys, if you look at how fast you've grown, 
how much you've blown up in such a short amount of time. Uh, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, and the list goes on and on. Kevin Holland. I mean, yeah. all these guys that came in off the Contender Series. Um, you know, once you get inside this machine, you know, you start to notice everything starts to grow from your social media, sponsorship, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and, and, and you don't have to become a world champion and defend your title six times before anybody even knows who the f*** you are yeah. in the UFC. <laughs> And that's how it was in boxing. That's what does my head in when idiots talk about fighter pay. We get we get paid what you're worth. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hate all these journalists, especially the ones what earn off us. You know what I mean? Like Ariel Hawani in particular. Like he loves earning money off fighters. Yeah. Like every decent job he's had, he's been sacked from. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and now he's just a, a biased content creator. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? And he hates on you, hates on the UFC, he even hates on me now. Yeah. And it proper annoys me oh. because he uses fighters for clicks, uses fighters to make money, and then tries to have the audacity to talk about the UFC and yourself, saying that they don't pay the fighters enough. Get your dough out, Ariel. You know what I mean? Start paying people for these interviews. What you make thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds on. And that I know that now because I make money off YouTube. So I know how much he earns off YouTube, off all his interviews, what he does. Um, you're doing it for exposure. No, you're not. You're doing it to put money in your pocket, Ariel, you little rodent. Lad. Woo! I just sat back and let that go. I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to interrupt. He's a massive sack of <laughs> is what he is. Exactly. He's Lad. the biggest piece of, oh. of all time, and I couldn't have said it better. He wanted, like, when I was in New York for the MSG card last, last year, he wanted me to do an interview with him. And I had a paid interview that day, and he wanted me to really let go of that paid interview to do an interview with him right. for BT Sport, what he's getting paid for. And he said, oh, no, that's me journalist integrity. You're not a journalist no more. Far from it. You, Far from a, it. You're a content creator, Ariel. You're not a journalist. Stop lying. You're very biased in what you do and what you say. So true. And he went on his MMA hour and talked about me and my manager. And then I ended up messaging him. They're going to have to bleep this out, but my first line was, you're a cheeky you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he didn't like it. But I was just me being honest. You right. know what I mean? He was talking about me saying that, uh, I can't believe fighters and managers have got the audacity to ask me for money. Why wouldn't we? You're a content creator. If I'm Wait, who the f- are you <laughs> who the f are you this dude's ego is so f massive and he thinks he's whatever you know what the great thing is about him he's completely f disappeared so since espn let him go I, I i don't even see nothing even pops up i hear nothing about him i see nothing about him it, it, i i literally don't even know that guy exists unless somebody brings him up to me um so yeah it's it's a beautiful thing and you're exactly right he's Wait, a piece of yeah he is he's a maggot yeah. And the worst thing about him is he goes, on all his interviews, ah, God, he pisses me off, you know. He goes, I haven't got a horse in this race. Yeah, you have. It's called putting money in your pocket. Yeah. You're you know the I mean? horse in this race. You're the horse race. in this exactly. race. And he acts like he's fighters' friends. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when I messaged him about that that time, he was like, Paddy, the other week when your Instagram got disabled, I was the one sharing it for you. It's like, yeah, to suck me ass yeah. so that the next time you ask for an interview, I'd do it for you. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, it, it pisses me off that he pretends to be people's friends when he's not. He, he's a lizard. He's one of the slimiest, scummiest mother that you will ever come across. Yeah. 
I can't wait for this to get clipped out and go onto Instagram, you know. I can't wait. He's Swear. a slimy, scummy little motherfucker. Little piece of shit. He really is. Lads. He really is. I made up, I brought that this up. This the best know. podcast I've ever been on. <laughs> I swear, <laughs> I've just got to tell her how it is. I can't help it. Like as I said, the, he, oh my god, he's on. He gets like six figures a year. I got stories for days about that piece of shit. And tries to talk about, like as I say, he tries to talk about the UFC, saying, "Oh, they should pay the fighters more." This and that. No, we get paid what we're worth. Know what I mean? Yep. I get I paid, and I get paid a nice wage. I can't complain. I go and buy watches. Know what I mean? That's how I get down, son. <laughs> Just like everybody that comes inside the machine and we start to promote and get behind the whole thing yeah. starts to go like this, you know? And if you look at all the followers that I have on social media, with the exception of get Friday and maybe a couple of other personal things that I do, my whole social media is dedicated to the fighters promoting the, the, the fights and the upcoming guys and, and what they're doing. I mean, that, that, that's what my whole social media is dedicated to, you know, helping build, uh, you know, if you don't know, now you know. We take two guys off, uh, uh, two different fights off the card that people might not know about, and I let you know why this is going to be a fucking great fight and why it's important you see this fight too, other than just the main card or you know the co-main or main event. Um, so, so for a lot of these guys that say we don't pay, we don't, um, you, you know, we don't promote guys, we don't do this, we don't do that. It's just, it's just stuff that I don't even waste my time arguing with these scumbags about, you know, um, I know who I am. I know what we do as a business and I know what we do for people and I don't need to talk to the media about it. And, and you guys all know every fighter that's under contract, if you want to tell the media what you're paid and how much money you make, that's up to you. You can absolutely, you could go out, you could do this podcast and get all 800 fighters under contract in here and ask them what they get paid and how much money they make. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, but none of them ever do. Because it's nobody's business but yours. Yeah. It's nobody's business what you get paid, you know? And, and I like to keep it that way. All other sports, you know, every guy's salary comes out and gets paid. And I can tell you this, as you start to get into the crazy money, everybody knowing how much you make isn't a good Bad thing for thing. you personally. Yeah. It's just not. But you have the freedom and the right to go tell everybody what you make if you want to. Yeah, I, we, don't, I, we don't tell people they can't talk about the money. Yeah, you're right. But they you're don't. Right. Yeah, you'd rather everyone not know how much you make. Exactly. But as you said, like even sponsorships, I had one fight in the UFC, one, and got a million pound sponsorship off yep. Barstool Sports. Yep. That doesn't happen with any other MMA organization. Right. That's what I like to tell people. You know what I mean? Do you think I go and fight on... PFL or Bells or any of them, and I get a million pound sponsorship. No, come on, use your head. You know what I mean? People yep. have got a brain out there, but some of them don't use it. And and this is all the stuff you know, the narrative that you know all the all these scumbags out there go with. It. But and you never hear me come out and say, well, they, I, I don't give a, f I don't give a. F if you don't like what we're paying and you think we don't pay guys enough, start your own f organization, pay them whatever you want. PFL's paying good money. You know, but all the people that, and I don't want to 
on the PFL because I actually like the guy. So I don't want to, the guy who runs it, who owns PFL, solid guy, solid businessman, paying people good money to fight on this thing. I don't want to say anything bad. I don't want to sound like I'm coming off negative toward him because I'm not. I'm not. Um, I respect him. And, uh, but you just don't get the same pop. No. That you get over here. No, you don't. That's a fact. Like, I'm friends with Brendan Lochran, but I think I'd looked at his thing the other day. He might have won the million dollars, yep. but he's only got 60,000 Instagram followers. Yeah. And I've got nearly 2.4 million. And all those things put together are so important for you, not only during your career, but when you retire. Yeah. Very, very important. 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people can talk about that, obviously, winning a million dollars, but... I'm probably going to earn more than that in a couple of months. Guarantee it. <laughs> Guarantee it. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I, had to, I had to bring that up, though. As I say, Ariel's a piece of shit. And <laughs> let's just get that back in there. I had to, I had to bring that up because it annoys me when people talk about fighter pay. We get paid what we're worth, you know what I mean? And it also annoys me, though, when other fighters say about me, oh, he's getting pushed more than anyone else. I, I, I'm not. I just create better content than all of you. You know what I mean? Just because you couldn't sell a Bible to an <laughs> Orthodox Christian. You know what I mean? Like, it's mad. People say, oh, he's getting pushed. He's, it's not my numbers are just better than yours. Simple as that. You're a smart kid. You're a smart kid. <laughs> no, it's exactly right. Listen, some people, I say it all the time, some people have that thing. They have that it factor. Um, there's some guys out there that are incredibly talented and people don't care until they get to a certain level and then they start to notice and then there's guys like you conor mcgregor sugar sean o'malley and the list goes on and on of guys who have who have come it was like what i saw in chuck liddell when i when i first met chuck liddell chuck liddell had this style at the time that people liked he had a great personality when you think ultimate fighter he looks like what you would consider an yeah. ultimate fighter it's just chuck had that thing and people loved him they loved his style and uh and, and he made a lot of money and you know some people have it and some people don't it's not that one guy's being pushed more than the other what happens is when a guy like you comes in and people love you and people are attracted to you you just seem like you're getting pushed more yeah. because you're the guy that everybody wants to talk to and the guy that everybody wants to do deals with and uh, and, and and the problem is not not just in in this sport but in life other people get jealous of, of guys who, who do well instead of saying, well, you know what? Maybe I should try to act more like this guy. Maybe I should be more like this guy. Maybe I should try to change my, you know, the way that I uh, you know, present myself or fight or whatever it might be. Now nah, they just want to hate. Yeah, that is it. I get so much hate for it. Yeah. And it's crazy because, as you say, people... Enjoy it. I know. That's it. It's I a love good thing. the hate. I embrace the hate. <laughs> Bring me all the hate in the world. I love it. Yeah, I've had, to, I've had to embrace it, you know what I mean? I just take it in my stride and I love proving the haters wrong. Yep. It gives a little it. warm, fuzzy feeling oh, it's, inside. It's the best feeling in the world, man. I love it. <laughs> and that's, know, that's what I love the most about COVID. The end of COVID, I got to shove it up all these little <laughs> journalist ass right after COVID was over and we got through it, you know? Yeah, all these little who were running and hiding and talking about how I was going to kill everybody and all this other stuff. You don't hear them now, do you? They're all They're all... Yeah, wishing that never happened. Yeah. Wishing they'd never shot their mouths off. We were all in the same boat during COVID. We were all wondering what was going to happen or how this was going to play out. But my thing was, I mean, if this is it, 
This thing's gonna, if this thing's that dangerous and it's gonna kill this many people, we're all screwed anyway, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, fucks. we're gonna hide from a virus? It doesn't even make sense to me. I'm going out guns a blazing, buddy. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna make this happen. And, and the other thing that I had access to was Abu Dhabi because they were already testing in Abu Dhabi. In the United States, we weren't at that level yet. They were already testing in Abu Dhabi and doing all this stuff. Well, if they can do it, why can't we do it? It's just yeah. a money issue. We're gonna have to figure, I was, I was gonna, I got another space right over here. It's all wide open. I was gonna build a lab in here. I was gonna find some scientists, build a lab and start figuring out how to test and start testing the athletes. And I actually had uh, Sheikh Taknoon uh, uh, from Abu Dhabi sent me 5,000 tests at the beginning of the thing, but it couldn't come through customs. So it sat in customs in LA and they all got ruined. Yeah. But I, I wasn't taking no for an answer. I was going to figure it out. Yeah, that saved our sport. You know what I mean? Sure it, did. It Took did. the thing to a whole nother level. And it kept feeding the fighters' families. You know what yep. I mean? People were moaning and complaining, but none of us fighters were. You know what I mean? It was all people that had never stepped foot in the cage in their life and still had money coming in and off their job. It's not even business so what if you don't like journalists what, what have you ever done what have you accomplished in life what have you built how many people have depended on you for a paycheck and to feed their families none you creepy motherfuckers <laughs> none of your opinions matter to anybody no they don't all yeah. they do is try to incite fear and, and try to make people afraid to make decisions and if you make a decision then they try to attack you there are a bunch of zeros who have never accomplished anything. And why anybody listens to any of these people is beyond me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Journalists. Them. We got a great crowd in here today at the, yeah. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> a great crowd, though. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, you're not wrong there, though. Everyone said it couldn't be done, it couldn't be done. And then you just proved to everyone that it could. And then thanks to the likes of yourself doing it. My promotion I was fighting on at the time, Cage Warriors yep. did the same thing. And Cage yep. Warriors was doing shows behind closed doors. It was weird, like, fighting behind closed doors, but yeah. it was worth it. You know what I mean? As long as and, we can and, fight. And, and it worked out great. It was great television, too. Yeah. You know, some things without a crowd isn't great TV. These fights are so good, so exciting, and the fighters are so talented. You didn't need one person sitting in that arena for it to still be great. Yeah. And at the time, people were just chomping at the bit for anything new everything on tv was a rerun there were no sports i mean i would have watched just about it i would have watched beer pong for christ's sake if it was on tv what's that what's that cornhole, cornhole. what's that cornhole became big during COVID. What's cornhole? you know where you take the bean bags and you throw it over to the other guy's thing and it goes in the hole yeah yeah, yeah. that was on espn and people were watching that, that was shit. on espn yeah. cornhole started to grow <laughs> Uh, dur during COVID, you know? I didn't know that. That's we wouldn't watch anything uh, on TV. That was a sport back then. It, it was just, you don't realize how important live sports are yeah. until they're gone. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, it was incredible. With like the apex, the way you touched on it then, will the apex, is still going, even though we're going to be going back to Canada and Africa and Korea and stuff, is the apex card still going to be happening? No, there will be less of that in 23. Yeah. There will be more shows on the road, like these uh, fight nights that we're doing. They'll be more on the road than, than over at the Apex. Yeah. We're going to get back out on the road. International, uh, hitting cities in America that we haven't been to in a while, hitting cities in other countries with uh, fight nights that we haven't been in a while. So we're, we're going to really try to ramp it up and get, get back to, you know, 
like 2019 yeah in 23 as you say it was it was very different fighting in the apex especially having my debut there because i think there was only like 200 people in the crowd or something like that right and but it helped me i've turned to me coach and said this before like i can never call me a saying oh he's losing this round though and i just went am i f- losing this round am i yeah am i losing this round sand bit down on my gummy and just started brawling you know what i mean and then he got finished it is you know crazy I mean? you can hear every everything word in you that can place hear every single thing oh, someone yeah. says and you're like am i losing this yeah plus they have the headphones on so, so they can't hear a lot they are louder than yeah exactly <laughs> oh, but I've, I've, heard, I've heard multiple guys say that about the apex like they'll be in there and they'll hear the, the commentator the saying something that pisses them off and yeah, I've heard multiple guys say that. Yeah, that is what got me, I'll be honest. It was I heard, I heard Daniel call me. I go, wow, he's losing this round. Oh, he said he's going to be the next big star, but he's losing this round. So I thought, am I? Yeah, he's getting finished right now then. I'm not getting into the second round. He's getting finished straight away. And I just, as I say, I bit down on my gummy and started punching. Right. And I love it. That was it. The rest love was it. history. But well, that's the other thing, seeing big fights in there, is you can hear every punch, every kick. Ever, it's 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 a unique experience to see yeah. a fight when, in Apex. When Ngannou fought Majocic, exactly the noises of them punches, it was like exactly. Oof. That's a good point. And good then, example. And then forget years ago though, being cage side for our former teammate Rosie Sexton when she fought Joanna Jinjacek before mm-hmm. she ever comes to the UFC, and I'd never heard a woman punch like that. Like the connection on each punch, what she threw, so what hit Rosie. You just knew she was destined for greatness as the soon as you saw that. The first night that she fought in the UFC, I literally had, she went back and did medicals and all that, and I had them bring her back out and sit with me for the rest of the fights because <laughs> I just wanted to talk to her and, and, and whatever, and obviously she lived up to all the hype yeah. that, that she had coming in. Joanna Jacek is one of the greatest of all time, and when you see Definitely. a woman fight the way that she fights, as technical as she is and as powerful as she is, it's just mind-boggling yeah it is as i say that was with a crowd as well when we fought you fought in london with a crowd and i could hear hear the noise of every single punch what landed every single one and i was like who is this woman it's true Cause it was in like 2011 or 12 and it was like i'd never seen a woman punch and kick like that ever in my life i know me it too was, that's how i felt when i saw it, the it first was scary time too. um but yeah, no what? We spoke about all sorts. But I have a Ask Paddy segment at the end, at the mm-hmm. end of my podcast. Okay. So people have sent some questions in for you. Mm-hmm. So I'll obviously ask a few of them now. The first one is from, I normally say the name, but that's user QHK. Get a proper name, lad. You know what I mean? What am I meant to do with that? Um, as UFC president, you must have formed some incredible friendships with your fighters. Who are the top three fighters you are closest to and why? Yeah, um, you know, obviously in the, in the earlier days, you know, when, when I, I mean, when we first bought this company, I think we only had, I want to say we had 18 contracts, like 18 people were under contract because the old owners were so, uh, you know, they were in such a hole uh, financially that they couldn't afford to have all these fighters under contract. So then we took over and we started to sign people and get people in. But like the, the, the old crew from Chuck Liddell, Matt Hughes, um, Rich Franklin, and, uh, you know, all the guys from sort of that era. I mean, those guys used to come to my house for Christmas and Fourth of July and things like that. We, 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 I would always have them over. Um, but, uh, you know, 
uh, Connor McGregor, when he first came in, you know, I was very high on Connor. Um, but probably the three, Chuck Liddell, Ronda Rousey, her and I are still super close. She actually, the stuff that you were saying earlier when we were talking about the fighter pay and all that other stuff, she still to this day sends me texts of like her, her home that she has in, in Hawaii. You know, she's got a home in, in, in Southern California. She built some crazy, you know, uh, zombie apocalypse ranch in <laughs> Oregon or something like that. You know, she's got all these different places and she'll still send me a text and say, this is all because of you. And thank you so much for, for believing in me and giving me the platform to, to change my life. And, you know, she just had a baby and, and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, she, she's one of the all-time greatest athletes that I've ever worked with. And, uh, you know, Chuck Liddell and I were, were so close. I used, to, I used to manage him first, and then yeah. he, uh, you know, I brought him into the UFC when we bought it. The UFC wouldn't take Chuck Liddell. You know, that, they didn't like him. They didn't think he, they didn't think he had what it took. Didn't think he had what it took? No. The old owners of the UFC. Chuck Liddell was unsigned. At the time when I was his manager, I was trying to get him in the UFC, and they didn't want him. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, he's another fighter of the sport wouldn't be where it is today without him 100% he's, definitely. he's definitely one of the one of the big time pioneers yeah. you know of the sport and even a guy like George St. Pierre who he and I have had you know our moments and, and our whatever but he's one of the greatest nicest guys in the world and you know I, I, I still to this day have a, have a good relationship with George um, and a lot of guys from the early days yeah. Usman I have a great relationship with Usman Love Usman, and I, and I know I'm leaving a, a bunch of people out because you put me on the spot with that <laughs> one, but yeah. Yeah, he's a great fighter, Usman. He needs to start wearing a T-shirt more, though. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, next one, Thomas McGrath. Who's the most intimidating fighter that Dana's come across? Looks, energy, weigh-in, standoffs, post-fight, whatever. Who's the scariest guy he's been around? That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell you. You know, always when you're when you're fucking around with the heavyweights, like like Derek Lewis. Like when Derek yeah. Lewis comes to a uh, to a stare down, the only thing that makes him even where he's a little bit not scary is that he has actually has a sense of humor, and he's funny sometimes. But God forbid you get in there with Derek Lewis and he doesn't like the other uh, fighter. You know what I mean? Um, I was in the, in between him and another guy one time and, and at, at the face-off, and I started trying to stop. It's just like I might as well not even be there. I mean, if, if these guys want to do something, they're going to throw me into the third row, and, and, and there's not a thing I can do about it. Derek Lewis, when you touch him, and, and try to, he's one of the most powerful dudes that I've ever been in there with on a face-off. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I'll try to – like, I can't remember who the other guy was, but they were both kind of getting in each other's face, and I tried to stop it, and I was just like, this is unbelievable how powerful these two are, yeah. you know? And um, John Jones is definitely one of those guys, too. John Jones is, is a freak of nature. But, but one of the scariest, most intimidating dudes out there right now is, is Pereira. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're right. When you look at the guy, he looks like a stone-cold killer. Um. And off the top of my head again, those those are the three that come to mind. Yeah. Well, after getting told a few stories last week, one more comes to mind for me. He's not a UFC fighter, but an MMA fighter, Lee Murray. Just scary, man. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I actually ran into Lee Murray right after he got stabbed. Right? Oh, he got stabbed in the heart, didn't he? He got he stabbed, got stabbed everywhere. It stabbed wounds all over him. And they were still fresh. Like he had just got stabbed. I had a buddy who got stabbed in Boston when we were younger. And uh, these dudes tried to kill him. He was never the same. He literally moved out of the city. Head was all fucked up. Didn't want to go out a lot and shit like that after somebody tries to kill you. And, and, and you, 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 you realize how easy it is to die if some dudes wanted to kill you. He wasn't the same. Days after <laughs> Lee Murray got stabbed, he's walking around a event with all the stitches still in him and everything still fresh and was walking around acting like he did when I had seen him when he fought Tito in the street out in front of China White in London. <laughs> I know I've heard that story. He dropped him, didn't he? Put yeah. Tito or Kip. Yeah. Great. Yeah, Lee, Mur Lee Murray is one of the most legit gangsters of all time. <laughs> he really is. Uh, next question from William Sutton. Please ask Dana what his take on having weight categories every £10 are in, and introducing an £160 division. You must get asked this all the time. Yeah, I, there's never going to be. And there's never going to be a definitive no. answer for that. I was thinking nope, that there. not going to happen. Um, Menace Plays asks, what are your thoughts on cross-promotion shows, for example, having one FC champs against UFC champs, for example, or even hosting exhibition matches? We don't do exhibitions, lad. We're a professional sport. Yeah, and, and, and why would we why would we do I mean if somebody's that good that's in one of these other organizations, they're gonna end up here in anyway. the UFC anyway. Yeah. yeah. Fact. Um next one, Barry Kerslich. How far how far off are we from the next UFC event in the UK? Where will it be? Well, it's gonna happen in next year, isn't it? Yeah, of yeah. Course. It's it's gonna be Usman versus Edwards. What's the date on that? Does March. March? Yeah, I think it's in March. I think it's in March. Yeah. And, and I'll answer this for the people in the UK, too. Everybody was asking me about Cardiff. No. It, it's going to be London. Yeah, yeah. thought so. We, we, looked at, we looked into it. And well, I'm guessing March 18th, then, because there's a cage. What is March 17th? What's that? I'm guessing it'll be March 18th. Is that right? Yeah. Say, I'm on the ball, <coughs> you know. I'm on the ball, lads. You are on the ball. <laughs> uh, Jake the Snake asks... It looks like you're still super passionate about being in charge of the UFC, which is super admirable. When were you closest to wanting to just get out and take a much-deserved hiatus? That's a good question. I've never. never. I've never <laughs> felt that way. I, I just felt, you know, when you when you hear the story about when we sold and the Fertitta's like, nobody's going to buy this thing unless you stay. Um, you know, I, I just went through this transition phase because my best friends that I had been, you know, building the sport with for, you know, like 16 years – we're leaving and and it was just a it was a it was a weird time for me but other than that man i i, I love this sport i yeah. love everything about it and uh yeah i'm not going anywhere yeah just two more questions now anyway uh renard fox asks how in the world does dana, dana deal with all the egos in the ufc all the egos? <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ego management is, is part of the uh is part of the job here um not only that, I mean, not, not just egos. The thing that you have to realize is I'm dealing with 800 alpha males and females. You know what I mean? Everybody here is an absolute alpha, and everybody here truly believes that they're the best in the world. And like you were saying, you know, you get these guys saying that you're being, you're, you're getting all the attention, you're being this and that. I mean, that, that's normal for somebody who, I, I don't want anybody here who doesn't believe they're the best in the world. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for these people who believe they're the best in the world. Um, 
And yes, we have to deal with some egos and we have to deal with some, some nuttiness sometimes. We have to deal with everybody's professional problems. We have to deal with a lot of people's personal problems. And um, it's just, it's part of the, it's part of the business. It's just, yeah. It just is. And you know, we try to do the best we can. When you have, the, think about this. I have 800 fighters under contract. I have almost 400 employees. And we have a ton of contract people. You know, who aren't necessarily employees, but they're contracted to us. You know, there's another thousand. Yeah. So you have to keep all these people happy and all these people, uh, you know, you got to you got to be able to work with, with everyone and, and try to do the best you can for everybody that works for you. And one of the things that I'm most proud of is, you know, we there, there there's very few people who jump ship here and most of my employees have been with me for 10 years plus. So, you know, we do the best we can to take care of everybody. Yeah, I'll be here for another 10 years at least. Don't worry about that. But um, last question now anyway. Uh, another mad number, ST3561. Can't you just make names on YouTube no more? What's going on here? Dana has done a lot for the UFC, but what is his biggest personal and professional goal that he wants to achieve before retirement? Yeah, my whole thing outside of work is... Uh, it was my kids. I like, yeah. I like being with my kids and, you know, watching them grow and, you know, what's next for them. My, my, my oldest son is about to be 22 this uh, uh, summer, and he'll be a senior in college. And uh, my, my younger son, who's going to be 21 this summer, is, uh, just started his own uh, company in anime. And they actually just saw the artwork for the first time today for their first comic. And anime comic that they're doing so he's kicking ass and then my daughter is 16 she's in high school and uh you know i just I like i went out with my son friday night we went to the football <laughs> game and then we went out to a club with him and his friends and and uh you know the whole utah football team came out with us so i just i just like hanging with my kids man that's it i i really it's not that i i have anything else that that i want to achieve I just want to be happy I want to see my kids be happy and live good lives and yeah, that's it. I, it's not like I'm, I love kicking ass and conquering at, at work, but at home, I'm, I'm just really chill, relaxed, yeah. and just hang with my kids. Perfect place to end it, to be honest. Thank you very much for Thank coming you. on, Dana. Is Thanks for having me. Any, it's any, the best podcast I've yes, ever been on. You know that. Yeah. Is there any, uh, anything you want to shout out to your social media, anything like that, tell anyone where to find you or any of your sponsors or anything like that? Uh, no, no, I'm cool, man. Um, Everyone knows Dana White is anyway. Well, uh, yeah, this, this content is so good. I will post this everywhere that we possibly can. <laughs> well, you say it, the man himself, <laughs> eh? Like, follow, subscribe, share it everywhere. Ariel Hawani's a rat. See you next week. <laughs>